Hi, this is ETF.com's Exchange Traded Fridays podcast, a weekly podcast covering developments in the ETF industry. My name is Sumit Roy, and I'm Senior Analyst for ETF.com. This week, I'm talking with Matt Berry, Vice President of Product Management and Head of Capital Markets at Touchstone Investments. Matt, welcome to the show. Hi, Sumit. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Great to have you. I want to start by asking you about active ETFs. It's been a big, big year for active. We're talking about $65 billion of inflows into U.S. listed active ETFs, or about a quarter of all the money that's gone into ETFs this year. Why do you think that active ETFs have been so popular here in 2023? Yeah, it's uh, certainly an exciting time to be part of the active ETF community. I I think there's a couple of major reasons uh, that really spurred that growth. The first one is uh, Rule 6011, so the ETF rule from a few years ago that the SEC adopted. Uh, did a couple of really important things. First, it made it much easier for ETF issuers, uh, active ETF issuers included, uh, to bring products to market. It made it less costly, faster to market, and uh, you saw a lot of ETF issuers on the active side really pile into the space after that. In addition, the ETF rule gave active ETF issuers some of the tools within the ETF ecosystem that weren't widely available before. So things like custom baskets, trading tools that really help optimize some of the benefits of the ETF vehicle, after the ETF rule were more widely available for active issuers. And then the second thing after that is really just pent up demand. I think once you've seen active ETF issuers be able to come to market, you've seen a lot of demand for those strategies because there are $12 trillion of assets currently in active mutual funds. So the potential to, to offer the benefits of the active strategies, the ability to manage risk and potential outperform, and combine that with the ETF benefits like the liquidity and the tax efficiency can be a very powerful combination. I'd love to know what your philosophy is when it comes to active management, specifically uh, as it relates to Touchstone. How do you approach uh, active management? Yeah, so Touchstone's mantra is distinctively active. And that's the case on the mutual fund side and, and also on the ETFs that have launched over the last year or so. You know, distinctively active strategies provide investors with access uh, to institutional caliber asset managers that we go out there and find. And they typically demonstrate very high conviction and highly active management. It's going to look very different from the benchmark. And we've seen that being different from the benchmark is a prerequisite to outperforming the benchmark. And we've really built out an approach based on academic research on that concept. Our own research indicates that a lot of active managers in the universe have characteristics that are going to substantially diminish the potential for our performance. And that's why we really focus on the subset of distinctively active strategies. I mean, I think you've seen that in the past year. We, we launched our first four active ETFs uh, just over a year ago. And over the first year, each of the four has outperformed not only their category average, but also, also their perspective benchmarks. That's great. And Touchstone certainly has been taking advantage of the growth in the active ETF space. I want to talk about one of your newest products. It launched just last month. Can you tell us about the Touchstone Securitized Income ETF, ticker symbol TSEC? Yeah, we're, we're really excited about TSEC, as we call it, T-S-E-C. It's a very active approach to fixed income. So the team at Fort Washington, that's the portfolio management team, really specializes in securitized fixed income and those types of fixed income investments. So when you think securitized fixed income, think asset-backed securities, for example, auto, auto loans being packaged together mortgage-backed securities, and collateralized loan obligations. 
historically, securitized fixed income has been a very attractive place to play from a risk return profile perspective relative to other fixed income sectors, both investment grade and high yield. It's really been a way to generate a very efficient yield relative to the duration of the portfolio or the interest rate risk. So TSEC has a duration of about two to three years, so relatively low interest rate risk. It's going to be in Morningstar's short-term bond category, uh, but it should have a, a yield in the high single digits, so very efficient yield for that level of interest rate risk. In addition, it's got a, a higher quality bias relative to other higher income alternatives within the fixed income space like corporate high yield bonds. We're really excited about it because the PM team at Fort Washington is a very experienced team. They've run this particular strategy in SMA format over the past 10 plus years for institutional clients. So now this ETF will be able to extend access to that to a broader clientele. The lead PM has over 30 years of experience investing specifically in the short end of the curve, as well as a specialty and securitized fixed income. They've really built out robust risk monitoring tools over that time. So surveillance capabilities, both on the front end, looking at these securitized investments, as well as back end, surveil the collateral and really make sure they stress test what's going on in the portfolio. And that's increasingly important in this space in particular. Gotcha. That's great. And can you get a little bit more into, you know, what the underlying holdings of the ETFs are? You know, you mentioned asset-backed securities, mortgage-backed securities, CLOs, things like that. A lot of people might not be familiar with those. How do those securities work? Yeah, so securitized products are, are simply just pools of financial assets that produce cash flows that are combined to produce a package of securities. Financial assets, I mentioned a couple of examples earlier, it can be auto loans, mortgages, student loans, credit card receivables, different types of financial assets going to a trust and then produce a security. The really interesting thing about it, as I mentioned earlier, is just the, the level of income and historically risk-adjusted returns that you're able to get from those types of securities compare very well to some other fixed income securities. Great, great. So how does TSEC fit into a fixed income portfolio? You mentioned that it has higher yields than, say, a junk bond ETF. What kind of risk-reward characteristics are we talking about here? Yeah, so a, a lot of our professional buyers that we serve at Touchdown, we, we've talked to about the space and, and TSEC in particular, have indicated they, they do have dedicated allocations in their strategic asset allocation for this securitized space. It's an it's a area that makes sense to include in a strategic allocation. Think about the risk return profile. Uh, it's on the short end of the curve, so not a lot of interest rate risk there, two to three kind of duration. It's got more than 50% investment grade, so kind of moderate credit quality, higher quality bias compared to high yield junk bonds, like you mentioned. So it's a nice complement kind of sitting in between that with getting the benefits of the short duration and also a higher quality complement to the corporate fixed income below investment grade portfolio you might have in the portfolio. And another one of your fixed income products that I wanted to touch on is the Touchstone Ultra Short Income ETF, ticker symbol TUSI. This one's interesting because everyone's really interested in these short, ultra short duration type of products. How does this compare to money market funds or other ultra short term bond ETFs? Yeah, so 2C, as we call it, TUSI, it's, it's actually managed by the same team as TSEC, which I discussed a moment ago. So compared to TSEC, there's a few differences. Its yield and risk level are both going to be a bit lower than TSEC. As far as interest rate risk, duration under one, so very little interest rate risk there. And it's a very high quality portfolio. So over 85% investment grade by mandate, but typically a lot higher than that, well under the 90s. 
And the other key difference relative to TSEC is it's going to be more of a multi-sector approach. So the, the team, as I mentioned earlier, really specializes in securitized fixed income. And that's a big part of this portfolio, typically 50 to 75% of the portfolio in securitized assets. Uh, but there's also some corporate securities in there as well to round out the portfolio with that multi-sector approach. Relative to other short-term investments, other ultra-short bond funds, the big differentiator is that securitized type of investment that makes up a bulk of the portfolio. Similar to TSEC, it's able to, for the level of interest rate risk and credit risk, it, it generates a, a pretty compelling income profile and historically a uh, risk-adjusted total return profile. If you look at the strategy uh, that's been around for a, a number of years in both SMA as well as uh, a touchdown mutual fund. Gotcha. And a lot of people are obviously looking at the markets today and they're seeing, you know, T-bills offering five, five and a half percent. Is this giving a yield premium over something like that? So right now the yield is about five. Uh, we're having a lot of conversations about reinvestment risk, though, with people investing in, in T-bills and just being able to let Fort Washington and the team here manage that uh, reinvestment risk if rates change or go down at some point, depending on what the Fed does. Fantastic. So the, I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about a couple of your other ETFs. One that really caught my eye was the Touchstone Climate Transition ETF, HEAT. Can you talk a little bit about that one? Yeah, we're really excited about HEAT. It launched about three months ago. It is our first thematic ETF or fund for that matter at Touchstone. And the reason for that is that we believe climate transition is going to be the mega trend of the 21st century. There's just so much money being invested globally to fight against climate change. It's going to be trillions of dollars in the coming decade or two spent in that effort. Uh, and anytime you have that much money being spent, there are going to be companies that are positioned to really benefit from that and be winners as a result of that investment. So we've partnered with Lombard ODA as a sub-advisor. They're a Swiss firm that dates back to the 1700s, really strong pedigree in sustainability investing. And what they do is look for 40 to 50 stocks across the globe that fit into one of three buckets that they expect will benefit from the transition climate environment. So the first bucket is solution providers. So think solar companies, wind energy companies, kind of probably the first type of companies you would think of when you think of this type of climate transition strategy. But they also complement that with the second bucket, transition leaders, which is a bit different than a lot of other climate strategies you might see on the market, because these are companies that can be from industries that are more carbon intensive. So mining companies, airlines, for example, that you might not expect to be in this type of portfolio. But if those companies are on the forefront of becoming more efficient, using more efficient fuel for an airline, as an example, that should really be a competitive advantage in the future as we move into more of a carbon constrained environment where carbon becomes more expensive. And then the third bucket is adaptation opportunities. So the reality is the, the world is getting warmer. Uh, and so we're going to need to adapt to that. Things like air conditioning companies that can cool us off very efficiently stand to benefit from that. Uh, or another example, insurance companies that have superior climate risk modeling severe as severe weather events become more common. So it's really unique compared to uh, some of the other climate strategies I've seen that out there in the market. You know, there's some pitfalls if you go with a very high growth, high beta kind of solutions approach, only focusing on that kind of first bucket, the solar and wind solutions. So it's a much more balanced approach looking at those other two buckets in there as well. Yeah, that's great. It certainly seems like a unique product. And, and another one that caught my eye was the Touchstone Dividend Select ETF, DVND. 
there's always a lot of demand out there for dividend products. Can you tell us about this one? Yeah, yeah. I think your last comment is absolutely right. We, we've seen a lot of interest, a lot of conversations about DVND. I, I think dividends are just top of mind for a lot of people trying to get uh, income while still have uh, exposure to the overall market. A lot of dividend strategies can have unintended biases or sector exposures because they're trying to focus on the highest yielding stocks. Uh, so what DVND does a bit differently is they're, they're actively seeking to avoid those biases by balancing dividend yield and dividend growth. So combining those two to create a more balanced portfolio uh, and also investing in high quality companies that have sustainable competitive advantages and high returns on capital. So that fundamental bottom up investment is really key uh, in that analysis uh, to protecting that dividend. The investment team from Fort Washington that manages DVND has managed dividend strategies for institutional clients going back to 2016 and has done has had a really strong track record there. That's awesome. So Matt, before this podcast, you told me that something really interesting. You said that specialization is really important when it comes to investing today. Can you explain what you meant by that? Yeah, I, I think specialization is incredibly important. That, that's a big critical part of the model here at Touchstone. So what we do at Touchstone is go out and find best in breed institutional caliber asset managers who specialize in a particular area. And the ETFs we talked about, I think are a great demonstration of that. Um, so TSEC or 2C, the, the team that manages those two ETFs, that team specializes, uh, as we talked about earlier, in securitized assets. And they've really built out very robust monitoring capabilities that are are very much needed to navigate that market because it's a pretty inefficient market and it's just critical uh, to monitor the collateral, to uh, have that level of specialty. And then on the other side, I think Heat's a great example. Lombard Odier is a very different firm uh, from Fort Washington. They're a Swiss firm, they've been around and their ability to have a specialization in sustainable investing and have teams both on the investment side and the sustainable side, double digit people that support the PM team uh, really can add a lot of value to the strategy. That's great. Well, we're going to have to leave it there, Matt. Thanks so much for coming on the show and sharing your insights with us. All right. Thanks for having me, Sumit. Listeners, I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can find this and all other Exchange Traded Fridays episodes on ETF.com or on any major podcast platform. See you next week.